Hello and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Randy. And Beth. And we're going to talk to you about our Disney trip this last week. This is Cole and I'm going to be talking about the background behind Spring Break. And this is Sydney and I will be speaking about April Fool's. Fun! So this week's holiday happenings are short. Uh, We each got to see Captain Marvel this last week when it came out, when we're recording this. I must say, I think all four of us liked it a lot. We did. And that's a holiday happening because it came out on International Women's Day, which I think is pretty cool. Right, it opened uh, late Thursday night, yeah. which was International Women's Day. So kind of a nice tie into that. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, there was a lot of park happenings as well for International Women's Day that we'll talk about later. So we will jump in with our trip report, kind of an overview of everything that we got to do, focusing mostly on the holidays that were occurring during the week, as well as some special events that we got to go to. So we did have another winter happening that was planned for the Friday that we were leaving. We decided that we were going to drive down. This was in a trip that we had planned in celebration or part of our celebration for our 30th wedding anniversary that is happening later in April this year. And we decided to drive down and it was going to snow and sleet that morning. So we decided to leave early. We left Thursday night and headed out which actually got us there earlier than we had planned to. So we got there Friday evening by the time the trip was finished, and we were able to eat at a restaurant we had never eaten before at Disney Springs called Homecoming that evening, and we did some shopping. That was the day of the corrupted podcast file. (laughs) The infamous day. (laughs) Yes, yes. So the next day on Saturday, we actually spent quite a bit of time first figuring out could we get that file back? Was there any way to do that at all? So I did a lot of research, spent a lot of time doing that. Once we finally gave that up and and figured we're going to have to let it go, then Beth worked the rest of that morning on the the next podcast file and do the editing for that. So that was kind of a chill day for us. That wasn't really a planned activity day. We did go to Epcot later and strolled around for a bit, had some food in Germany using their quick service. So that was fun. Sunday was really our first planned day, and that was a big day for us uh, because we had a special event later planned. We had a number of fast passes already in place. The first ride of the day was Haunted Mansion. So this was the first full week of March, so March 1st, which was a Friday, through the following Friday. And you never know what kind of weather you're going to get. This is often the week that we've gone. Yeah. It's the spring break week for the two colleges that Sydney and Cole went to. So that was a good time frame to go. And sometimes it would be pretty warm and other times it'd be kind of like up and down. And that's what this week was, was kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. Which um, was nice for me. Right. Yeah. Which makes driving better because you have to pack more. You've got to pack cold weather right. clothes. It's and, better to drive versus fly. Yeah. Because you've got to pack for all different sorts of things along the way. That's so. right. And the Haunted Mansion you already mentioned, they're one of your favorite rides. So right. it was a great way to start the day. Right. So the crowds weren't too bad. They got a lot worse later in the week at the Magic Kingdom. We also went on something that we hadn't gone on in a while because it had been shut down. And that's the Liberty Square Riverboat, which is the Liberty Bell that goes around Tom Sawyer Island. So this time we actually had a really a beautiful day Barely any clouds in the sky. So we got a number of pictures and videos of Frontierland, Big Thunder Mountain, Haunted Mansion, kind of from a unique viewpoint as we went around. 
And the ride itself is about 17 minutes. Really slow, so you can get those really good pictures right. and videos. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a good, it's actually a good kind of relaxing activity. To Take do. a nap kind of ride. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it was pretty. And it was nice to get some of those unique views and videos that I ended up posting on Facebook and on Instagram as well. We went on Pirates. We went to one of Beth's favorite places that day, which is the Crystal Palace for lunch, which is a lunch buffet with all the Pooh Bear characters. And they right. come from table to table to say hi to you and to you can take pictures with them. They have like a big parade kind of randomly that happens where little kids, kids go yeah. walking around with them. It's like one of the few places you could think of that you just kind of let your kid go and it, your yeah. child leaves with the, some characters yeah, along the way. So that's kind of funny. But they had these dessert treats that were just small, maybe like a little bigger than a quarter if you look down on them. And each was themed to a Pooh Bear character for that day. It was like Friendship Day or something. I think like every day is Friendship Day in Crystal Palace. <laughs> but like they had this little purple and pink sprinkle cupcake that was piglet themed. They had a little orange cake with cream that was Tigger themed. They had this little dirt. It's not putting it. Yeah, putting it with dirt on top. Yeah, thing. stuff on top with a bee on top. That was for Pooh Bear. Uh, they had a little jello square container that had these three little cute leaves on top. They were jello leaves, but they were still leaves that were for rabbit. And they had this little s'more that were owl's colors. We and tried Eeyore, to, too. Eeyore had, there was like this little purple blob of mousse, and it, it was like a gloomy something. Yes, and they had Eeyore. like gray little... Sprinkles. Yeah, but they're like those round ones, the yeah. bigger round ones on yeah, top of them yeah. uh, for Eeyore. So those were kind of cute. And then later that night was the big event that we had, which was part of our anniversary fun, was going to the Happily Ever After dessert party. So Happily Ever After is the fireworks and projection show on the Magic Kingdom Cinderella's Castle at the end of the night. And it's a huge production. Beth and I just love that fireworks show. Right. So the dessert party is additional cost, but it's a special viewing activity in the Tomorrowland Terrace restaurant. Right. And we got to stay at the lower restaurant this time. So we got to sit and enjoy desserts while watching right. the, this incredible view of the fireworks. It was right. amazing. We were right on the, there's kind of a, the terrace comes to an end that goes right up against a water area. So we were right next to that wall. So there's nobody in front of us nope. at all. And we could see the fireworks display. It was, it was just amazing. An amazing place. We just lucked into that specific location based on the time that we got there. But it was definitely worth, from our perspective, worth the price and the time because we were off by ourselves. Right. There were no crowds around us before right. or after. That's right. Or during. Nobody could put their kids on their shoulders. or their, they stand in front of you. Right. Or put their phones up where they're right. videotaping it in front of us. So, that, right. so great way to watch the fireworks for us. And it was nice because it was a gift from Sydney and Cole for our anniversary. Right. So that was a nice added thing. Yeah, because when you go to that dessert party, sometimes you're in the upper area of the Tomorrowland Terrace, and that is not the same viewing area. In that viewing area, you are taken out to a gated area that's kind of in the middle of where all the other people are, but it is... It's off to... There's patrol and there's less people in it. Right. So there's still a nice area as well. Yeah. Right. So that was a fun evening at Magic Kingdom. On Monday, we went to Hollywood Studios. That was our only day there. And and right now, you know, as they're still building the Star Wars land and Minnie and Mickey's Railroad Ride, those sorts of things, there's not a lot 
of other things to do. We ended up doing a meet and greets with Chewbacca and Kylo Ren, so that was fun. We had never done that before. Yeah. And Kylo was very interactive and he talkative. Was very interactive, yes. And he stayed in character. Right. He asked me funny. if I would join the dark side, and I said I didn't think so. So then he was kind of giving me grief over that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was fun. And Chewbacca really didn't talk. He didn't really make sounds or talk no. at all. He just kind of walked around and let us take a picture of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? He was great. Yep. And then we did the typical rides that we do at Hollywood Studios over at Toy Story. We did the Alien Swirling Saucer, which is a little... I mean, it looks like a little kid's ride, but when you get on it... It's fun. It's just very fun yeah. to go on. So I wouldn't yeah. wait, like too long for it but we had a fast pass for it so that worked well it's one of those things that it looks like one of those make you sick kind of rides yeah but it's really not when you get on it right yeah it's fun and and Beth's always giggling whenever she gets on that ride because it's, it's well, and it kind of whips you around. Whips you around. It's always interesting to me to watch the floor on that ride, the engineering yes, behind it the is, floor. It because is it's not like it's not like crazy engineering. It's just a matter of the way that the floor is. Is there are sections cut out of the track as it spins and it passes each cart off to another section of track via these sections that are cut out. Right. So it's not like each one under the floor has some crazy contraption that moves it around the whole area. It's just sort of this very practical move from one area to another kind of thing. That's very interesting to watch. Right. And there's basically, I think there's three or four of these large circles that you're passed off between. And every time you're passed off to a circle, as you enter that circle, that's when you really get the car that spins, pushes you out and you kind of spin a little bit. So that's really fun. So that was a lot of fun. That was the day that Beth was really looking forward to a chocolate ice cream cone. She always gets it from a location that's near Hollywood Studios Tower Terror. So we went down there and we had to wait till it opened. It didn't open till noon for some reason. I don't know why. Like that, you could buy alcohol at 10 a.m., but you couldn't buy an ice cream cone. It seemed kind of odd, but but whatever. So uh, we went down and we got the chocolate ice cream cone that she wanted. And I wanted to take her picture with her. And when we take pictures, she likes to wear her regular glasses, not her sunglasses. So she's got to do this change of glasses. Well, she asked me to hold her ice cream cone whenever she <laughs> changed her glasses, and I did. But I didn't hold it very well. It flipped. For some reason, it just it jumped out of my hand <laughs> onto the ground. It was so sad. Did you get it out of my Yeah. So, so I started laughing because it was so sad. So, cause, And there wasn't a long line. So I knew we could just yeah. go get another one. So she went up and asked for um, another ice cream cone. Did she, did she gasp when you Yes. She was, she was appalled. <laughs> she was... Quite yeah, you guess. already dropped your ice cream cone. <laughs> yes, it was, it was one of those shocking things. Like I was just for one second there was my beautiful ice cream cone, and the next it was literally <laughs> on the ground. And he tried to catch it; his hands were all over ice cream. <laughs> but it was on the it was grounded. It was it done. Was, it was grounded. It was over. So we went up, and they felt bad for you, and they just gave you another one. Yeah, they, they just aw. gave me another one. Yeah, they were nice. They were nice. That was it was sad and funny at the same time. <laughs> it was. So that was our Hollywood Studios Day on Monday, the 4th of March. On the 5th of March, that was another big day for us. We went to Epcot in the morning. This was a couple days before the Flower and Garden Festival was out. So they had a few things out. But it's interesting, there's very few times of the year that Epcot doesn't have a festival now. Less days have no festivals, so more days have festivals. So when you're there for a non-festival day and you're used to festival days, it seems very dark and kind of... um, 
It is at night. They don't Lonely. have as many things <laughs> lit up. You yeah. Know? There's just not as much they're going waiting. on. Yeah. Right? And there's not as many people. And they're kind of in between. It's dark, very dark in some areas. So mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of the day we were there. But we did notice that was the day of Mardi Gras. So that Tuesday the 5th. So we were looking for Mardi Gras right. um, merchandise. I noticed a number of people had Mardi Gras shirts on. Some of them which said Mardi Gras. Some were just like purples and yellows. Mm. Some were like LSU, Louisiana State University shirts. And they would have beads on. Yeah. So and this was stuff that Disney wasn't giving out or selling. This was things that they chose to wear coming in. The only merchandise we saw that Disney had for Mardi Gras were um, some ears. Mardi Gras Mickey ears. But did they sell them there? or did Yes. Oh, they did? I did. I took some pictures of that in the stores. There weren't a lot of places that had them. Just a few. Because I remember saying to some people, you know, love the ears or, you know, very fun shirt. And they were all very excited. Because right. somebody noticed their Mardi Gras stuff. Right. So they were very happy. Right. Yeah, the other thing that was happening that day was America's Funniest Videos was filming that day yeah. on location oh. at Epcot. And they were looking for volunteers to go in as the it's crowd. Oh. Yeah, we didn't. We could have volunteered, but we didn't just because of the timing of it. But I didn't know they did that. That was kind of interesting to see. Uh, we ate at, again, one of Beth's and my favorite restaurant, the Rosen Crown Restaurant in the England portion of Epcot's International Showcase yeah. area. But later that day was one of the other big extra ticketed events we went to. That was the Disney After Hours at Animal Kingdom. Now, in a previous podcast, we told you about Disney After Hours at Magic Kingdom. The four of us went on that back in December, early December. This was the same sort of thing except at Animal Kingdom. So the park closed at 8. We were able to get in at 7. And then by 8.30, all the regular park people were supposed to be gone or shortly after that. And then basically we had access to all the rides that evening with a much smaller set of people. So what we chose to do, about 8 o'clock, they opened up the Mickey and Minnie meet and greet for the special after hour. So we went into yeah, that. Yeah, that was nice. That was fun. So that was kind of a surprise that it was open early. That was one of the few things I wanted to do. And that was with an official photo pass person. So you get the nice right. pictures with their camera system. And because we're pass holders, any picture from a photo pass photographer, we get automatically. We don't have to pay extra for that as part of the annual pass holder perk but the plan then for the rest of that night was going to be to go on flights of passage ride in pandora so at probably around eight fifteen, we got in line and there was, was a, a pretty long, long line. line we were probably about 100 back and by the time the actual ride line opened for the after hours there must have been i don't know five six hundred people in line it was a pretty long line at that point but you go through the fast pass line. You still have to go through all the pre-shows. There's like two sets of pre-shows you do, and then you go onto the ride. So we were able to do that from 8:30 till 11:30. We did that four times back to back. Yeah. We basically went one after another. We think if we had been a little more efficient, at most you could probably get six of those in a row. That would be a lot. Yeah. So five, five you could definitely do. Maybe six. Because it was just easy, it was a, an easy pace. Yeah, and that was you know you got to leave, you exit out. The exit is pretty long. The entrance is long. There really was nobody waiting outside after the first time. All the lines were inside, closer to the ride. But there was always a line. There was never a not a line. 
you still had to go through the two pre-shows and then you could get onto the vehicle mm-hmm. and do the flights of passage. So that was what we wanted to do, so it worked out perfectly. Yeah, there was a lot of other rides open in Animal Kingdom. None of the safaris were open. A lot of those animals are nocturnal. So. That's true. Yeah. yeah although I think cool. a lot of them they've taught to be daylight animals, weirdly enough. So because they're out during the day, like mm-hmm. the uh, wild dogs are nocturnal, yeah. but they're out during the day. So. So, but that was a lot of fun. That was exactly what we wanted to do. And, yeah, and that I, was a lot of fun. on the way out, they give you quote unquote free snacks. I mean, they're part of your extra ticket price, but they're you don't have to pay extra for the snacks. So we grabbed like popcorn and Mickey, Mickey bars and water and Diet Coke yeah. on the way out. We were eating them as we were leaving. Yeah, because we <laughs> didn't we do that. Take the time yeah. earlier. Yeah, we didn't do that during the day, so that was funny. Yeah. Then the next day was the sixth. It was a Wednesday. We went to Animal Kingdom. The seventh was the day we went to the Flower and Garden Festival at Epcot. That was the second day of it being open. Better in the morning, but by the afternoon, it got pretty crowded. We came back later in the evening to see a concert at the American Theater by the lead singer of Journey. Well, the second lead singer of Journey, not the original singer. Mm-hmm. So Steve Augeri, I think his name was. So that was a great kind of walk-in concert that we went to that evening as well. So we really enjoyed that. Friday the 8th, that, just correcting what we said earlier, Cole, the 8th is International Women's Day. So Captain Marvel actually opened on International Women's Day. Yeah. Not the night before. So the 8th, they actually had a number of special events and snacks. They didn't have any, like, purchase items that I saw for International Women's Day. But they had, like, videos online of women of Disney, like Mm -hmm. 100 different women that work for Disney and the impact they have. Um, So they really were highlighting that. They had special meets and greets at every park, like with um, Rey from Star Wars, with like a number of the the female characters at Hollywood Studios. They normally have the green army men that do shows. They had an all-women's troop of army women doing the show instead of the men that day. Mm -hmm. So I was actually impressed with the number of... It wasn't like a large number, and it wasn't... You had to kind of look for it, mm-hmm. but they had a number of activities in mm-hmm. celebration of International Women's Day that particular day. So that was great and a lot of fun activities. And then the next day was Saturday the 9th, and that's when we drove back to Virginia. There were some things out there for St. Patrick's Day, so that we left on the 9th, so St. Patrick's Day would have been a week and a day later. They had a couple of shirts. One said, Kiss Me, I'm Irish. So uh, the little Smee. character from yeah, yeah from Peter Pan, Smee, was on the shirt. Mm-hmm. And then they had another one that said, Just Lucky, I guess. So can you guess who that was on that shirt? It would have been Lucky the dog from 101 Dalmatians. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. And then the only other Irish thing out was that they had like a little Mickey plush that was in Irish clothes. Oh. And you could take his little Irish coat off if you wanted to. <laughs> we did see some Easter things out at the hotel we were at. They had like a this humongous Easter basket filled with colored eggs and they had these colored eggs along the trails. This was at the Gaylord Palms Hotel. So that was fun too. So a number of different holidays were represented at this particular week. So we had a great time. A great time celebrating our anniversary. Great time enjoying the different holiday activities at Disney, as always. As always. That's right. The end. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because my subject is spring break. Right. And there's not like a super easy transition into that. Other than like, the fact that we've gone to Disney so many times over spring break. We right. Have. That is true. We've gone to Disney a lot over spring break. Right. Sydney and I never really did the going and drinking with friends kind of spring, spring break. break. Right. Which I guess another connection is Florida is the big, one of the big spring break locations. So students would have a week off in March and a swim team went to Fort Lauderdale in Florida to use their big swimming pool, which I guess was the largest swimming pool in the U.S. at the time. When would this have been? So this would have been... 1936. Oh, okay, okay. So this was was a while ago. (laughs) Yep, so they went to the first Olympic-sized swimming pool in Florida. The city took the opportunity of this team coming down to make more advertising to get more swimmers to come to their city. Oh, so they were still focused on the swimmers. Right, the swimmers coming down, which was the way that it was for several years. But a lot more swimmers did come, and they used their pool down there. Well, clearly their advertisement worked, right? Because more people came down throughout the years. So what it was was a tradition of college swimmers going to Florida. And that was well into the 60s. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. It lasted a long time. Yeah, yeah. So it's 30-some years. So there was a spring break-themed movie called Where the Boys Are, which popularized the going relax drink have fun in the 60s yeah and that came out in 1960 so that was about hanging out and finding sun and fun and maybe even true love oh maybe if they're lucky right if they drink a lot (laughs) but that was sort of one of these things that popularized the whole going to florida for spring break so i wonder if that Made it more national. Like, there was already kids kind of doing that. Right. Right? But more you had swimming this, this focus. Film, this film that was popular right. came out. And it was in the 70s that it started to become less sun and fun and a little more drink and be raunchy. So it was a very popular movie, and I think it still has pretty good ratings in terms of film. The 70s was when you had sort of more drinking and PDA, nudity... Balcony diving. Yeah. So 70s and then the 80s, it probably just got worse from there because more movies came out in the 80s about spring break. Right. It became very popular international trends. Right. And then MTV came along. MTV, I think, was the big thing, from what I found, the big thing that popularized it. Right. I recall watching in the 80s the MTV events that they had at spring break. Right. And you also had the movie Spring Break with Tom Cruise come right. out. Again, another really big popular movie. And it moved past just Fort Lauderdale. Florida and eventually Caribbean was the destination for Spring Breakers. And the movies and MTV are also what made parents leery of sending their kids on Spring Break. Right. Understandably so. <laughs> yes, yes. It's interesting. MTV was at its height of spring break advertisement in the mid-1980s. And it was around that time that the American Medical Association was putting out warnings about <laughs> binge drinking yes. and unsafe sexual activity. Right. It's funny. On time, I actually read that a lot of universities had taken to distributing 
safe break bags, which contained sunscreen, condoms, and safe sex manuals. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and spring break varies greatly across school, so it's a period of time. It's not just like a single week. Right. Uh, MTV focused on, I think, a couple weeks that were like the prime weeks, but it starts really beginning of March-ish and goes through mid-April. So it's yeah. really any of that period. Right. Because some universities actually do have two weeks off right. for spring break, or they have like an Easter break or right. something like that. Yeah, they might combine it together sometimes. Right? And it's interesting. The break is very popular, even internationally. A lot of different countries have a spring break or an Easter right. break around that time. Right. I recall in the 80s and into the 90s, it was kind of accepted. This is just what spring break is. And in the 90s, the perception started to change. So I don't know if maybe some of the people that grew up on spring break and went to spring break wanted something different for their own kids. Right. Um, <laughs> later on. <laughs> if you were a child of people who enjoyed spring break. You, right. Exactly. Right. You might want it different. But in the late 90s and then 2000s through today, spring break either became... A family thing where say, hey, let's take a family vacation because kids are out of school. You try to line up your kids in the lower grades, right? The Mm -hmm. elementary, junior high, high school with kids you may have in college and take a family vacation somewhere on a particular week. Or you send your older kids, your high school kids and your college kids to do um, some kind of relief work. Yeah, relief work, like some that, kind of yeah. compassionate work, either in country or out of country, right. which is still popular today. So I know I hear a lot more about kids doing either family vacations or that kind of compassionate work, even today. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Daytona Beach was the one that it shifted to, right. as far as locations from Fort Lauderdale, because I remember associating Daytona Beach with spring break. But even now, it's shifting to much more of the out-of-country, the Caribbean islands, even with a lot of the relief work. Yeah, I remember reading articles about spring break and all the trash that it accumulates over the weeks and different things like that and how hard it is for businesses and people who own land there just picking up and taking care of all that during those weeks. Right, because it's like economically a big boost to beer and... Right. So all those kind of sales and businesses down there, but it's also a big hazard. Right. So a huge tourist time period. Right. For a big the, spike right, in tourism. For the, the beach towns, you know, wherever it may be. But I recall hearing about the people that live there mm-hmm. and have homes there being very frustrated. And in fact, some places would create family areas that were different than the spring break teenager areas. Right. Like, there was kind of like safe zones or non Teenage yeah. only zones. Yeah. And some towns actually did their best to ban spring that's breakers right, right, from, yeah. from the town entirely. Yes, mm-hmm. I, yes, that's yeah. right. So the history of why schools take breaks isn't very clear, though. No, it's not. That was something that I couldn't find in the history of spring break. I'm sure that if you look up why schools take breaks at right. all, but that was not associated with spring break. With directly. the concept of, right. of spring break being this time of to go with your friends or whatever it may be. Right. The break started first and then spring break sprung right. out of that from these first these swimming teams and then Fort Lauderdale. Interestingly enough, the break actually is associated with April Fool's Day. Oh, no way. Are April you Fool's Are you April Fool's <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. You got so, it. That yeah. is crazy, Sydney. Yeah. Is that the true? The smile on my face totally did not let it give away. <laughs> 
Yes, April Fools, which pretty much occurs at the end of spring break. Spring break yeah. is kind of well, it's kind of in the middle. De- well, depends on your spring break. It depends on your spring break. So April Fool's Day. It appears throughout all my research that this has been going back to like 1500s, 1300s. Like people have loved April Fool's Day as the so day. So you're saying it dates back as early as the 1300s? Yeah. In some sort of recorded way. Right. That's crazy. Is this is this another April Fool's? No. Thing? No. <laughs> are, are those fact, done? Do we have to be looking out for those? <laughs> in fact, their origins self are very unknown. It appears that people have always liked to have a day of fun, of pranks, of some foolishness. So some say it originated in 1582 by Pope... specific date. Yeah, in 1582 by Pope Gregory VIII, who ordered a new calendar, the Gregorian calendar, to replace the old Julian calendar. So the new calendar called for New Year's Day, which was previously celebrated in April to be now moved to January 1st. So this theory of uh, the official April Fool's Day being at the beginning of April, it kind of occurred in France. So France took on this calendar and either communication wasn't great back then or some people just didn't like the idea of moving New Year's to January 1st. Probably a little bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. But they continued to celebrate New Year's Day on April 1st. So people started to make fun of these traditionalists who celebrate New you know, Year's yeah, when they on kept April celebrating. Fools. Yeah. They called them fools. They made fun of them. So they would send them on fool's errands or trying to trick them into believing something is false. Eventually the practice spread throughout Europe. So that's one theory. There's a couple problems with that. I'm taking this from factmonster.com, but I also saw on like the History Channel, on different news outlets, that this is kind of all the same sort of stuff like they all generally agree on this idea however there's a couple problems with that first of all it doesn't fully account for the spread of april fool's day to other european countries the gregorian calendar was not adopted by england until 1752 but um april fool's day was already well established by that point in england oh that's interesting right yeah and the second is that we have no direct historical evidence for the explanation only conjecture and that appears to have been made more recently so cool as a historian i i think that's just generally applicable to almost any subject right we know what we know right now based on the evidence that we have but i mean right that that idea might change down the line speaking as a historian obviously it varies as far as sources go Mm -hmm. hearsay is less than if we have a written record of something Mm -hmm. and even written records are have different levels of authenticity. I could really get into this. But and trustworthiness, depending <laughs> yeah. on who's writing it. It depends on, see, if you're having someone who's writing about the holiday, you need a first-hand account right. is the best source. That How you I can, celebrate this holiday. And right. a first-hand account can also be not necessarily written, but like a physical object or something, something that gives evidence of right. mm-hmm. the way that this was performed or right. when it got introduced to the country. So are there other theories about where it came from? So I thought there were, but I continue to read, and there was this whole theory where the practice began during the reign of Constantine, where a group of court jesters and fools told the Roman emperor that they could do a better job of running the empire. So he was amused, and he said, go ahead. Hmm. <laughs> and he, he allowed a jester named Kugel, 
I'm not pronouncing this correctly, but he's a jester, so it's a whatever. Very Byzantine name, Kugel. <laughs> yes, and he passed an edict calling for absurdity on that particular day, and the custom <laughs> became an annual event. This was an explanation offered by Joseph Boskin, a professor of history at Boston University. Do you know what the problem with this is? Right. It was an April Fool's joke. He made the entire thing up. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I'm like, of course, a history professor, this yes, would be his course. joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you do know, people believe this? Is this... People believed yeah. it until it took a couple weeks for the Associated Press to realize that they've been victims of an April Fool's joke oh, themselves. Wow. Yes. yes, there's been many instances of media being tricked. Yes. By um, April Fool's jokes and running with them as real. Yes. So right. this was probably one of the first cases. Yeah. <laughs> but in general, it seems in many cultures there has been a day or time of foolishness at the beginning of April. Others say because of the transition from winter to spring with different weather things going on. That it's just such a silly time. It, it is. Silly time. All that rain in the gray skies <laughs> and... And snow, or maybe not snow. Right. And if you live in England, are. I guess rain and gray skies is year-round. Yes, that's true. Right. So, I mean, there are different theories, but ultimately it just seems like everybody just needs a lighthearted day. So, just an observation from around the world. April Fool's Day is observed throughout the Western world. Practices include sending someone on a fool's errand, looking for things that don't exist, playing pranks. These are all meant to be harmless things. <laughs> right. I think that's do. the point that's lost on some people. I, I think so. Or taken to an extreme. Yes. Right? Or on the flip side, taken too personally exactly. or too seriously. I've seen a lot of, like, oh, you pranked me, you know. How I, rude. I'm going to hold on to this forever. And yeah. As a grudge. Yeah. Right. So definitely know your audience when you're doing this. Yeah. The French call April 1st April Fish. The French children sometimes tape a picture of a fish on the backs of their schoolmates and cry April fish when the prank is discovered. So again, these are meant to be like harmless. So here are some memorable pranks. In the early 1950s, BBC ran a news item about the plentiful spaghetti harvest in Switzerland. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes. From 1986 to the present, the press releases... For the non-existent New York City April Fool's Day Parade have been issued every year. Oh, wow. I did not know that. In 1996, Taco Bell, which just cracks me up, Taco Bell Corporation ran a full-page ad in several major newspapers claiming it has purchased the Liberty Bell and that it is renaming it the Taco Liberty Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, like, on social media now, that would be a thing. Yeah, you know, the best prank is one that has... Like, some element that could be true. Like, you could see somebody yeah. wanting to sponsor the Liberty Bell, right? Right, right. That's <laughs> right. Liberty Something that's Bell. absurd, but <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, in 2008, BBC ran a video clip of flying penguins and tried to convince everyone that these penguins could fly. <laughs> <laughs> a new breed, huh? A new breed. Oh, and I actually remember this one. This is the last one I'll be talking about. On April 1st, 2016, Google introduced the mic drop a Gmail feature that enables users to send emails with an animated GIF depicting a minion dropping a microphone. The prank went awry when people accidentally clicked on the button and unwittingly sent business emails with the whimsical animation on it. (laughs) So the feature was removed after several hours of 
confusion. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so I actually remember that. Everybody was confused. No one quite understood it, and they took it down pretty quick. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, so I think with April Fool's Day, part of the fun is that people forget that it's April 1st. Like, a lot of people don't really pay attention to what of these minor holidays are right. happening and which Like, day. you don't wake up and you're like, oh, oh it's, it's April Fool's Day. day. Like, you know, we've been pre- preparing for... Now, some people do, yeah, right. but a lot of people don't. So mm-hmm. they're caught off guard by something the news does or something yeah. their friends do. Or, right, a lot of fake pregnancies yes. and stuff like that, fake marriages. Yeah, I think if you've been the victim of April Fool's pranks or mm-hmm. jokes, then you're more aware of April 1st <laughs> right. and when it's coming and you're ready for the crazy news articles or something's right. not where it's supposed to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe like there's a TV show on that mentions April Fool's. There's different like things like that. Yeah. So it definitely is a cultural, I think, phenomenon across the world. And it's definitely a fun holiday. It's kind of meant to just put a smile on someone's face. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, it's um, not meant to be mean or, no. or make them feel yeah. bad for the... Not right. at all. Great. Well, thank you, Sydney and Cole, for sharing about spring break and April Fool's Day. Thank, thank you thank for you. sharing about Disney fun. Disney fun, that's right. Disney fun. So future festivities for the week of April 1st. Obviously, April 1st is April Fool's Day, so don't be <laughs> tricked by those crazy news articles. Watch out. Watch out. April 2nd is... Watch your friends. Trust no one. (laughs) April 2nd, interestingly enough, is Reconciliation Day. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. (laughs) That checks out. April 3rd is World Party Day. April 4th is Tell-A-Lie Day. So... Different than April Fool's Day. April 5th is National Dandelion Day. So that's about the day that the dandelions, I guess, come out in some places. It's a different tone. April 6th is Plan Your Epitaph day oh so working on your gravestone well, that's a little grim <laughs> and then april 7th is uh, caramel popcorn day oh you can find us on twitter at holiday underscore moons or on instagram at holiday moons all one word you can find us on facebook by searching holiday moons for our facebook page or group and you can contact us online via gmail holidaymoons at gmail.com so for beth and randy Cole. And Sydney. Happy Happy April April Fool's Fool's Day. Day. Bye.